The sounds that drift through me are like the echoes of a nightmare, though they try to convince me it's a dream. Each day it gets harder and harder for me to stay within my social limitations. I have started to stay away from my friends and family. I have shunned the idea of productivity and I have almost given up trying to keep up my appearance. I couldn't help it. I was consumed by my addiction. I hadn't slept in days. The rush was unbelievable, although this insomnia, coupled with my increasing paranoia, had started to make me see and hear non-realities. Hands in the walls, certain words in my mind, and an alligator in the toilet. But that comes with the territory when dealing with this substance. I snorted so many lines I'm surprised I didn't end up dead. But it was new on the market, didn't even have a name yet, so we called it Clap, because when you had it, you would feel a rush, but parts of your body would also feel numb, so you would smack and rub them, thus looking like clapping your hands on your body. I don't remember how it happened, there is much ambiguity within my brain, though the voices try to trick me with the questions of, do you remember? Why did you do it? What if they find out? I scream for them to shut up. I won't be wrapped in a cocoon of fear. At least, I thought this until I heard a knock at my door. I answered, only for my heart to drop at the realization that it was a pair of police. The green, black, and white markings of their uniform sent a shiver running down my spine. Mr. Jenkins. One of them, a tall, stone-faced man, gave me a look that was both inquisitive and intense. Yes? The word came out as a cracked, weak whimper. I cleared my throat and rubbed my eyes. They were starting to water. Yes, sir, how can I help you? The voices were eerily quiet until one of them said, They know. You're going to die. Just give up. They will end you. Die. I could hear in my distracted state that the officers were talking to me. I shook my head. I must have looked glassy-eyed to them. Uh, Sorry, pardon? They looked at each other and mouthed something amongst themselves. The other officer, a small woman with straightened posture, looked at me. Her original stern expression turned to one of concern, that type that a mother has when consoling her sick child. Do you suffer from any mental health issues we should know about? She sounded like she wasn't trying to be patronizing, but caring. Just anxiety and depression. I muttered, a scathing remark struck me like a whip. Lies. Her face turned to one of either shock or confusion. Do you live with anyone else or is this a rented property? Rented. My parents died last year so I had to move. I don't talk to my other family. I get housing benefits and I'm looking for a job. (laughs) I tried to make the tears fall silently, but the sharp, shallow breath made that just a bit difficult. The officer looked back to her partner and he nodded his head. Okay, hun. I'm sorry to hear you have gone through that. I really am. He rested her hands on the brick wall gently. There's been a situation, and we have reason to believe you may be involved. We are going to need you to come with us. We just need to have a chat, okay? Her tone was gentle, kind. It reminded me of my own mother. It ever so slightly relieved my stress. Um, yeah, okay. The only thing is, I need to feed my cat and get my keys. You don't mind, do you? Another voice popped up. Kill them now. You can't trust them. You won't leave. Now. That's fine. 
said the other officer, his look softening. We'll just wait here for you. He cracked a half-smile, one of those ones you use on people you recognize on the street. It was sort of nice to see he was as nervous as me. Thank you, won't be a minute, I said, wearing the same downcast fake smile. I entered back into my house, they both nodded and turned to talk, I'm guessing it was about me. I walked through my hall, the daylight tried in vain to enter the dimly lit length. My cat, Bieno, was resting on one of the stairs. I put my hand through the bars and stroked his head. His purring was so precious, I loved it. Entering the kitchen, I grabbed his bowl and poured his food in, gave him his water and called him. I could hear the soft patter of feet as he entered, tail up and swaying to enjoy his meal. Next, keys. I walk upstairs. My bedroom is a slight mess, but I don't live in the Ritz, so fuck it. The keys lay on the bedside table under my t-shirt. I lift it and recoil in horror. There it is, you murderer. You did it. You found it. Took you long enough, stupid. The voices were becoming ridiculous. I accidentally miss one day of medication and they swarm in like a hornet's nest. Next to my key lay a bloody knife. I fell back, knocking my cupboard. My TV fell, smashing into the left side of my head. I blacked out. I'm not sure how long for, but all I heard now was the police clambering up the stairs, shouting, Are you okay? What's happened? Hello? Where are you, love? They reached my room eventually. Me being conscious again made my mind go into an overdrive of panic. I heard the scuttle of paws and the cat flap. At least Bieno was okay. They walked in. I could see double of them. The room spun. The voices began to mock me with a rhyme in sick unison. They're going to find the knife. No, they fucking won't. I'm not sure if I said this in my head or out loud, but it must have been the latter as they both turned to me. It looked like they were on the phone, I guess, to the ambulance. It's okay, sweetheart. Stay laid down now. We've called for help. John, go and help him, will you? The officer came over and started to gently lift the TV off my head. I winced in pain. Sharp intakes of breath brought back my tears. He put his hand on my shoulder gently. I could feel warm blood trickling down my head. In this moment, something within me had had enough. The trauma, the fear, the voices. I had enough of life. Next to my hand, I could feel a shard of glass. A voice with the power of a shotgun screamed. Now he must die. I plunged into his neck. The artery sprayed blood all over my face and chest. The other officer screamed, John! She wailed and ran over, grabbing a shirt of mine to stop the bleeding. John's head was on my chest. He had slumped over me. His skin, like a time lapse, seemed to get paler and paler, the life seeming to fade from his eyes. She looked at me. Why? What did you do? Her words almost seemed to echo. She scrambled to get her radio. This is PC Watkins. Request. That's as far as she got. In her state of panic and tears, she didn't realize that I had pulled the shard out of John's neck. She only did when she stopped, after I had slashed her throat. Again, the spray was immense, coating me in a new layer of crimson. She grasped at it. The gurgles and splatters were truly something to behold. She slumped on top of John. I picked up the radio and pressed any button I could. 
ignoring anything the voices had to say. This is PC Jenkins. I have just arrived at the scene. False alarm.